And hello everyone, welcome back to Top of the Card. Top of the Card pod on Twitter. It's Top of the Card wherever you find your podcasts, including where you got it now. Google, iTunes, all that fun stuff. It is a five-person wrestling podcast. We are not timely, but we are opinionated. And there's only four of us. I'm your co-host, Scott. CT is not here. He couldn't make it after all. He will be with us next week, hopefully. But who is here is GMSG. How are you doing? I knew you were going to go to me, too, which is funny. Um, <laughs> I normally don't, hopefully. too. For some reason, I normally don't go to you first. I don't know why, but I planned an hour ago, I'm going to GMSG first. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, something's in the air. I don't know. Yeah. I'm awake, a little sore, had a rough sleep, but, uh, yeah, wrestling's fun. Mm-hmm. Halloween Havoc was great. AW's uh, already interesting tonight, so, yep, we're <laughs> Wednesday again. Wednesday, Dynamite Night, November 2nd. Yes, yes, yes. We have all the topics in the last two weeks, including Halloween Havoc. Yep. And we'll be live with Dynamite. It's 8.47, 8.48 p.m. Eastern right now. So Dynamite still got some surprises and fun stuff. And we'll we'll get there as it goes, as you heard on the last one. It was rather insane. Uh, but Red, Red, you're here as well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. Just a little uncomfortable in my chair. I uh, threw my back out earlier this week, so I've been in pain all week. But other than that, I'm pretty good. I'm ready to go tonight. Well, I will add the fact that I did get my COVID booster, for those who remember that from last time, uh, last year. I got that, so I've been uh, not quite walking wounded, but I'm sore and have been for the past three days. So I go to Bear Me. Are you also injured? I think you are. I remember you saying something earlier. Bear Me, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I got stung by a bee the other day, so uh, <laughs> I was a little sore on the which, arm as well. Scott. Which sounds so comical in comparison, but you are allergic, you said. I am a little bit, yes. yeah. Yeah, so we like actually have to be sympathetic. Stuff. It's not like, oh, yeah. no, I got stung by a bee. Like, that sounds so fake. <laughs> it sounds funny. So I, so I get for helping carry on groceries, you know, it happens. <laughs> no, I'm, other than that, I'm doing all right. Uh, it was 70 degrees here today, so weather's nice. Wrestling's good. We're in a good place. So how about yourself? How are you doing? Oh, wait, no, you already said how you're doing. I said how I'm doing. It's, so, it's nine degrees Celsius yeah. here, um, but it has Ooh. been cold. I've... If the way I reacted to COVID boosters before the COVID shots was like a sore arm and then got like the kind of like the bone chills kind of thing, like this mm-hmm. cold inside and out for a day and everything is a bit sore. So like an aspirin or two will fix that and you're good. Well, that lasted like today's day three from Monday night and it's just kind of passing. So when I went and got my mail, I was outside for all of a minute. It's like, I'm cold. And I came running back inside. So <laughs> that's what it's been like, and it's only, it's 10 degrees. It's not that cold. It's silly, but yeah. Meanwhile, CT, if he was here, he'd probably be laid up with an injury too or something. I don't know what's going on. Uh, he's not here, though, like I said. So we're going to have to move on without him here. We we do know some stuff. Like I do know he liked damn near all the Halloween Havoc. I know that, and he enjoyed the, the Rebel on 44th Street, and he was really impressed with the Fight Plus news, and we might get more comments as that stuff spreads from there just to – they get that info out there, but let, let's dive in. Let's dive in here with Halloween Havoc first off. NXT Halloween Havoc, not TakeOver Halloween Havoc, and not WCW Halloween Havoc, but Halloween Havoc is a proper show for NXT, and I loved damn near everything on this card. I think, I'm trying to remember, but we said this before about, uh, I want to say like Bound for Glory and similar shows over the past little while, but that show... It, when the lowest match is like a 7 out of 10 and everything else is above that, you got a really great show. And that's that's how it's felt. And I kind of feel that way for a while about a lot of the shows. From everybody, mostly. Uh, 
they've all been good. Like, I know I probably overhyped Waller versus Cruz casket match, but I thought it was super creative. We've moved past um, actual Undertaker casket matches to other people having them. And we've, like, we've gone from, you can never do that, to, oh, we can do it all the time now. Uh, I know CT loved the Weapons Wild match. I thought it was all right, but I, I liked it. It was fun. Uh, Breaker versus Dragunov versus uh, uh, McDonough was, I don't want to say like, it was fine, but it, like comparatively, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it was good. Rose versus uh, Fire was okay. I'm tired of the bullshit finishes with her. We need to get like some kind of cage match or ban for ringside so we can go one-on-one, -on -one, but she's getting a rematch. But the Haunted House uh, cinematic stuff before that was so much fun. And the five-man ladder match was one of the best matches I've seen this year. I freaking loved it. And I'm forgetting a match, I think, as well. There was another one in all that. So, yeah, the whole damn thing was good. And, Beermy, I'm going to go back to you here. Because I know we talked about it on Trenches. Uh, before Trenches and after Trenches about picks and ideas and what could happen and what stuff was. And we were both really hyped for this. What were your thoughts on the card? I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed every match on the card. The Mandy Alba match, like when it got to the ring, it is what it is. Like you said, bullshit finish. It's kind of what she's been doing lately, but we're going to get a third match. So I'm all right with it. Let's see. The North American ladder match was probably my favorite match on the card. It's, it's close between that and the ambulance match, but that six man match, it just had everything. It was, it flowed really well because usually with those types of matches, they don't really have a pace that's really well. It's just always go, go, go. And this one was kind of like that, but I felt like it just flowed well. Everybody got a chance to shine. Right person won in Wesley, which is really cool. I enjoyed the Weapons Wild match with Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez quite a bit. I liked the storytelling in it, and towards the end it picked up and got really good. It was a little slow at the beginning, but you can tell that Roxanne and Cora are probably going to be Especially Roxanne. She's going to be like one of the best female wrestlers in the company and like give it like a year or two once she gets on main. She'll be flying up through the ranks and uh, everybody will notice her then. I notice people online are noticing her now, which is really nice. Waller versus Cruz is good. I like the part where he threw him through the casket and he's like, oh, I won. And he's like, nah, dude, you got to shut the door. So the Druids had to come out with another casket. That was awesome. The ambulance match is just pure violence. Like there was pumpkins thrown doors slammed on fingers it oh man chair shots you name it you had it in that match breaker versus mcdonough versus dragonov ruled because i think that dragonov is just amazing and i think that he really ruled and shined in that match like i like ron breaker a lot but if they were to ever put the title on dragonov and just let him run with it instead of breaker i'd be happy with it so let's see what else was there there's one other match i think oh no i think that's about it yeah but that's that's my thing. I really like the pay-per-view overall. And I would say it's one of the better shows of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, the ambulance match, that's the one I forgot about. That part where we were screaming in voice chat, which you can get to from our Discord, if you follow through from the links in our, our uh, Twitter and everything. Because Creed, like, put his hand where the door closes, and then Kemp just slammed the door on his fingers. Like, legit. <laughs> we were screaming when it happened the first time, and then again, and again, it's like, stop, that's... What is happening? Jim and Shay, I know you were losing your mind during that too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the My Ohio Boys won the two matches of the night for me, so it was great with Wesley and Julius. The rest of the card was really good, but, well, the inner, like, the 
cinematic part was great to the match for the women's title, but yeah, it was a great overall show. Good pacing. It really was, yeah. I, I think it was well balanced out with what was happening where, like opening with the five-man ladder match, yeah, that was great. And just some unique stuff during that, and which is amazing to see in a ladder match at this day and age after goddamn near 20 years, no, more like 30 years, 94 was WrestleMania 10, so yeah, of this scale of ladder match. So that's that's a fun thing to see, continuing with what Von Wagner threw, I think it was Wesley, to the commentary table from the middle of the ring. He ran to the ropes and hucked him at the table. Like, okay, this is this is getting insane. Yeah, it, and then the UK boys beat the hell out of Wagner, and yeah, it was it was great. But Red, what were your thoughts on this? So, the, all the card was great. Like, I had no problems with any of the matches. I, I said this the night of. The only issue I had with the whole card is with only five matches on the card, having two matches where you had to close somebody in something, right back-to-back, back was my only caveat. Like, I wish there was a different type of match. No, the ambulance match could have been maybe a chair match. The story had chairs involved, like ambulance was fine, but I would have rather not have two matches where you have to close somebody in. Other than that, the rest of the card was very well. Like you had the NA title match, which every time there's a ladder match with the NA, it's just mayhem and amazing. I wish they do more on main roster of the same kind of caliber because it feels like on main they don't take as many risk, and that would be my only complaint. But like I said. uh the rest of the car was all fine. Like the uh, Halloween uh, walkthrough, maze, what do you call it? A house? That was a great. I, I, it was legit the best thing of the whole night, in my opinion. It, it was really funny, too, because Dolan hated it. And no, sorry, Dolan was, I was hyped for it and not giving a crap. She's like, she's into it. But uh, Jane hated it because she was scared, but wasn't giving in. Like, <laughs> It just, the character work was fantastic from all three of them in that. It, it was super good. And then, of course, uh, Alba as well, kind of cl- sealing the deal for all of it. It was, it was really well done. I get your complaint, too, with the, the two closure-type things. I think they were different enough with the casket ringside and then the ambulance way over there, which was funny how far away it was. Um, but, yeah, I, I get that. They could have done the chairs make sense, given the history. That would have worked, too. But uh, for what it was, I loved it. It was, it was really good, I thought. The whole thing was, was just fantastic. But yeah, that, that show's awesome. I recommend it. There's not much more to say aside from it was so good. And it's probably got, like I said, that five-man ladder match is like on my match of the year discussion. Like it's in my brain in, in that. And all the, the matches there are definitely in like, not top ten, but I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to be like, they were all so good because it's so recent. But, you know. Next up, we do have... A return, because Triple H's Infinity Gauntlet keeps getting bigger. Uh, but, hey, guess what? It's Dynamite Night. We're going live. And and Colt Cabana is a big surprise. And, yeah. Screw you, CM Punk. I guess that's the new thing from Tony, right? Right? Yeah. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Emma's back. Tennille Dashwood, former Knockouts Tag Champion. Which is funny, because the influence which was Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood in Impact, former Knockouts Tag Champions, feuded with the former Iconics as the inspiration and all these I-teams. Um, Madison Rain's over in AEW now as like a woman's coach, but also a wrestler. 
And Tennille came back to WWE as Emma, challenging Ronda Rousey in like a 15-minute match, which was pretty good. <laughs> like, it was a competitive little match for what it was. It was pretty great. And I I'm, I'm happy to see her back. That's awesome, that second chance kind of situation. It's been about five years since her release. And yeah, that's pretty great. I know Chelsea Green has also been rumored. At this point, who the hell knows? Because I don't know if anybody expected this. But now, I mean, I, Tegan Knox is rumored, and I was calling for her since Clash. So, like, the women's division, WWE is strengthening it, and people are going to WWE. They're not going to AEW, and we've, you know, we've complained about AEW's women's division for quite some time. It's not great. We're, we're not fans of it. And it, it feels like AEW isn't either, which is a big problem. But WWE, they're doing two matches in Saudi for that with... Uh, a tag match and a women's title tag title as well actually and we've got this with the women's roster literally being strengthened as we go I'm happy about it Red what, what are your thoughts to go back to you to go the other way here what's your thoughts with, with Emma coming back and like you said Triple H's Infinity got like getting even bigger I mean she kind of make Ronda look like a scrub she kind of carried that match to be honest like I don't know if it maybe it's just they don't have any chemistry because Emma's back suddenly, but Ronda looked like a scrub in that match, and Emma looked like a star. Will they treat her like that? Probably not. I, like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of see Emma as like, oh, she's gonna be here for a couple weeks, and that's all the contract was for, and then she'll be gone again. I don't see her being having a spot on the main roster, or if she is, she's gonna be lost with like, 24-7 title. Uh, to me, she, to Neil Dashwood, is bigger than Emma. And Maybe Triple H does better. I mean, it's a new reign, so we never know. But if they gave Emma the Tennille Dashwood personality and mouth, maybe it'll work. But if they just bring back Emma, or like, nah. Her big her big thing to date so far in WWE was Emma Lena tease for a month and then nothing. Well, they Good might. To her, that's all I can say. And other yeah. than that, that's it. They might do it because they brought her back as Emma, but she might have a promo next week saying, I am blah, blah, blah. And like, you get the return pop and then you change it up. Like Braun Strowman came back to his theme, got a new one the next week. It could be something like that. He, she did get a new theme, I noticed. But it could be something along those lines. That, that's a possibility. I know you, you've been critical about, about Ronda before. You said she looked pretty green in some of her matches, like at Mania. I remember that. It's like, I, I just disagree with that, but that, that's, that's opinion based there. That's whatever it is. That's, that's fire. That's fair. I'm hopeful for Emma. She might even go to NXT for all we know. Like, who knows what the plan is. But her on the main roster, I'm all for. Uh, she is very good. And I'd like to see what she can do. So, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Shido, what about you? Oh, uh, it's great. Um, I, honestly, ever since she was Emma with, like, Centino, I haven't cared that much for her the last five years or so. So, oh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with her. I mean... Her being on SmackDown, her boyfriend is there too with Madcap, so who knows? They might be a pairing. That that'd be an interesting turn of events, maybe. For both of them that they might need. I'm I'm ready to see. I didn't get to see the match, but I can get Rhonda looking weird because like she tries to bring too much of her UFC, but she doesn't feel as badass as like Shayna in the ring. So it looks off. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that's what's wrong with me is like, she tries to be a savage, but then she'll just like stand there and do a pose like she's in a move action movie, and it's weird. 
Yeah, like so, I I hate her punches. Like her punch, yeah. like when she throws a punch, she pulls it back. Like it's it's a weird thing. There's no follow through on her punches, which is a silly thing to hate. But when you know someone can actually punch, it looks bad when they fake it and can't. You know, so yeah, I can kind of see that. That's yeah. Like I get it if she's like doing like with stunt people, but like these are wrestlers. They're, they're like stunt doubles, but they they take hits all the time on purpose. So you can hit them somewhat. Just make sure you don't rock them like Alexa Bliss that one time. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that she's back. Uh, my other Neil, she was she's really good in the ring. She's very good. She didn't really do much on the indies besides when the tag titles mass and rain like. We always figured that she would have been a champ in ROH when they brought that women's title back, and she wasn't. Thought maybe she would get a reign as an Impact women's champion and didn't, but got the tag titles. I think with her coming back, I think Triple H might see something in her that he that the previous regime didn't with Vince and all them. I think she'll be all right. She's got she's got personality. She's got an attitude. She's good in the ring. I think she'll be all right. I think she'll do really well on main roster personally. And as for Ronda, I, I think that Ronda has gotten a lot better in the ring. I think a lot of people just kind of shit on her for her, like, stuff that she says or her beliefs a lot. But her heel run's been pretty good, and I'm enjoying it. But I get it. I get what you're saying about her and Tennille. It was not that great of a match, and I think it's because they haven't had a lot of time together. I think they probably hardly even practiced together for this match. So that's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, I'm happy she's back. And if Chelsea Green's coming back, that's cool too. It's uh, it's a little weird, but I hope that she doesn't get injured again because that's like one of her biggest things. But if she comes back too, that's good. I'd like to see Mia Yim come back. And maybe Deanna Frazzo wants her impact uh, contract stuff too. That would be cool too. I'd like to see them all back. Get a really stacked, even more stacked women's division than it already is. Be good for business. Yeah, Yim seems kind of inevitable as well. And... Perazzo would be like the full circle because she was one of the first ones released. She was just barely on some NXT TV. And for her to come back would kind of be like, okay, yeah, you can see what they lost. And here she is now. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if Taya would come back because I know that she didn't really have a good time here oh, the first yeah, time. Yeah. So I don't know if the bridge is totally burned there or not, but. She was cool vocal she about it too. Here. Like she was real upset about what they did to yeah. her, what they did to Morrison as well. I think that yeah. I think Morrison's on his way back at some point, but like him and Cardona are yeah. eventual. Like it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It, it's always full circle. So I'm in agreement. I think Ty and Morrison will be back. I think somehow Miz will get them, and we're gonna have the husband wife husband wife match at some point. But Mia Yim, honestly, I think it's gonna go to AEW. I, I could see her just following uh, Keith Lee, and then yeah. with the Soraya and all like. I think she has a crew over there with uh, Ember Moon as well. I, I can see her more in AEW. Now, if AEW wants her or doesn't want her, who knows? But I see AEW more than WWE for me. Yeah. I think there's two sides to that, too, because I agree with you there. With who is there, it makes sense for her to go there, as long as they are there. <laughs> it's a matter of time. Yeah. Like You see the people that are back in NXT and back in WWE. I keep saying it every time, but... Keith Lee and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly wouldn't have left. Paige wouldn't, because they... Triple H wanted her. Like, he didn't want her to go, but they released her. So, like, there's people and, that were released that he would have kept, and you know they would have stayed. And don't forget about Mia. She's best friends with Shayna and Dakota. And yeah. 
And I don't. Them, so. And it's weird. It's not like I'm being anti AEW, but these guys were Triple H's. Like that was his army. And did they defect? Yeah. Well, I mean, they they got offers. They're mercenary, and that's not a negative. I don't mean it in a bad way. They're gonna go where the opportunity is. Well, if the opportunity is back over there, yeah. Well, we're over here though for four or five years. Okay. See you in four or five years. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's sure. Let's, plus, let's make some money. So. Plus, if you're Mia, are you gonna look? If you're looking at the landscape right now and you're looking at the AEW women's division, do you really want to go over there? Maybe. With what they're doing with it right now. You know I what? Mean, if if you're good with Tony Storm, you work with that. You want to work with some of the talent that's there. I could see it. You feel like you're gonna make yeah, that. Yeah, it's gonna that be mark. limited. It's yeah. Be, yeah, but it's gonna be limited though. Like you could get well, a bigger but, shine over here and do more stuff. We're not even we're not even considering the fact that is a lot of like other talent that's like smaller. Like Mia's great in that, but she's not like a major like draw talent. If she looks at this and goes, "Wait, what happens if I go there and they instantly change my contract to an ROH contract instead?" Yeah, however that stuff works. You know yeah. that's gonna be probably lower than AEW contract. Do they want that? Right. Depends on if they can. Like, if they say, you, I won't sign if you do that, oh, then we're not going to sign you. There's what happens, right? So there, there's likely levels to it with that. And it's going to get interesting as ROH kicks in. And I didn't even have it written down here, but I know that we're there's rumors about ROH getting a show in 2023. We kind of mentioned it last time. That'll really kick in for Final Battle. We'll know what's actually happening there. But, like, there's not even that other women's title because Mercedes has been injured for, I think, two months now. And they didn't bother with an interim because... That's how little they care about the women's divisions in AEW. They have three championships and aren't bothering with a filler for one of them. I, I, I'm sure they don't want two interim women's championships, but uh, okay. You still got three champions. You got one placeholder. Where's the other? Like, uh, or vacate it. And Mercedes gets the shot when she gets back. Like, it's, this isn't hard to focus on the women for these matches. Meanwhile, you get the women's tag titles and you get Bailey and Bianca having these long matches and I'm not even talking about the quality of the matches or their competitors. I just mean they're getting time. And over in AW, they're not. And it's not a matter of counting the minutes of a minute 30 or five minutes, whatever. It just feels like it. Because they might get one segment out of two hours. It's, it's BS. It's, and if you're Mia Yim looking at that going, I can be better than that. Okay, good on you. Go for it. Good luck. <laughs> And if you think that, awesome, go for it. I said that about like LA Knight signing with WWE and Ethan Page going to AEW. It's like these are the guys, this is where they think they can make their mark. This is where they think they can make the most of it. And they believe in themselves. Cool. Awesome. Go for it. Good luck. Because it might be wrong. And you might have a place that doesn't believe in you no matter what. And we've already seen that turnover in, I think it's been 100 days. Jimmy, you said the Triple H has been in power technically. It's 100 days as of today. Yeah, I saw a tweet saying that today. I didn't double confirm it, but I'm pretty sure because it was 75 like two times ago we recorded. Mm -hmm. I think that was a Tuesday. So sounds about right. So like the landscape has changed, which is is good. And if anything, we said this back when it started around like Worlds Collide and SummerSlam and stuff. But it does it will force AEW to adapt and adjust, and hopefully for the better. But we all know it's not going to be easy either. Even though, <coughs> excuse me. Even though we've seen WWE make it look easy because they just you know changed up some stuff and suddenly everything they do is fun to watch, damn near. So, yeah, I'm gonna skip to something because it's talking about the women. We may as well talk about this topic now. But the PWI Women's 150 came out, the top 150, and 
I know there was a lot of talking about in our Discord. Again, you can get that through the Top of the Card Discord or uh, the Frontline League Discord. You can go through both of those. It's the same one. It's all in there. You can come in there and see the live event chat talking about, like I said, Cold Cabana and stuff. But uh, yeah, the top 150 is very interesting. It is as argumentative as the men's top 500 was. And to, to be a disclaimer on that, the men's actually was top wrestlers because there were many women who do uh, intergender like Taya and uh, Jordan Grace. They were included on that. But on the women's side, it's just the women. Jordan Grace was sixth for reference. But I know a big, big, big thing, just to mention this briefly, was that Stardom was on there. And they even mentioned it in like the cover of the magazine. You got Sayuri number one. You got Seiya Kimitani as seven. I'm probably saying these names wrong. This one will get right. Starlight Kid, uh, number nine. And I do believe Miyu Yamashita, number 12. Okay, cool. Stardom's on here. It is getting more international recognition. You see that with the, the men's list with Kazuchika Okada and, and uh, like Great Muda and, and the Japanese guys on the list. But you look at it otherwise, and yeah, Bianca Belair is number two. Okay, I don't think many people have a problem with that. Many people probably put it number one, but she's one of the best there is. Okay, cool. Thunder Rosa, three. Mm, I don't know about that. Becky Lynch is four. Disagree completely. She should be above Thunder. That's my opinion. Jade Cargill, five. Okay, all right. Jordan Grace, six. Uh, maybe Jordan higher than that. Charlotte Flair is eight. Taya Valkyrie is ten. And the other noteworthy one really was Britt Baker at 13. Even Mickey James down there at 15. There's more on there. Liv Morgan, 17. Ronda's down below, I think. This is based on, I think it was the timing of last year to this time this year. I forget the actual criteria. I'm, I'm actually going to get that on my screen as we speak. It's a 12-month period. October 1st of last year to September 15th of this year. The criteria was in-ring achievement, influence on the sport or promotion, technical ability, quality and breadth of competition, and activity. So they're saying here two weeks shy of a full 12-month period to accommodate slightly shorter editorial lead time, so that's why it wasn't a full year to year. And a minimum of 10 matches, so that's why Ronda was out, I believe. Or six months with at least one match in each. Well, okay, maybe not. Um, Ronda's 18, Deanna's 19, Mandy Rose is 21. And I know right off the bat, Red was upset about that. Red was talking that Mandy should be higher. We'll go to you first here in a second. Tony Storm's 25, Sasha Banks is 26, Mercedes is 28. Scrolling through the list, like Roxanne is 36, Rhea Ripley's 42. Like, okay, yeah, some of these didn't win titles and stuff, but you got Dolan and Jane at 48 and 49. What? <laughs> they were tag champs for a long time. I, you'd think they'd be higher. And, yeah, so. Red, to go to you first on this, what, what were your thoughts here? Because I know you thought that Jade should be higher. I know we all think Becky should be, but what, what did you want to say on this? Yeah, I mean, and you basically hit all my points. Jade, sorry I to steal all that, been, but yeah, <laughs> like Jade should be four. I don't care what they say. If it's a smaller title, she's undefeated with that title the entire time. Like, if the title raises you up to somebody that doesn't have a title for half the time and's not there, I, I don't see how it is equivalent. Uh, Grace, I think should have been bumped up a little bit. Rosa, I think should have been six at three. And yeah, Mandy definitely should have been. Honestly, I can see her seven, eight, or nine time. Like, she was the champion almost the entire length of their division. Now, I know she just hit a one year mark, but that was what, nine, ten months as the champion for the NXT. Like, 
Halloween Havoc. So it was within the month of October, and their period started October 1st. So there Dude, was I, only... I thought it was June to June. No, June I, to I just said it was October 1st, 2021. The men's, the 500 is June to June. Uh, this well, one, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the champion three the weeks. Time? It was three weeks of Raquel Rodriguez, Raquel Gonzalez, whatever her name. The rest was all Mandy Rose. And she defended every month. It wasn't like oh, she defended six times throughout the entire year. I'm looking for she Raquel. Was constantly defending. Raquel's 85 for the reference. <laughs> yeah, she even, got shafted. And even I know make her top say, like, top ten. I would have been okay with. Like I, I, I'd have no problem with her being higher than that, but. Like twenty something is is robbed. I feel twenty one is is ridiculously low for her. Mm. I'm scrolling through the roster to see if anybody else stands out as being really low. Kylie Ray at one forty three, but she's very inconsistent. There's Mia Yim at one thirty three. Maxi Impaler one thirty. EO is at one twenty six. Uh, Dakota's one nineteen. Alexa's one seventeen. But again, a lot of these were very inconsistent, so I can understand parts of that. Nikki one hundred eight, or sorry, one hundred nine. Uh, Bear me. What's your thoughts on this? To keep going, talking about the women's stuff. I would like to say that. Uh, well, here we go. I'm going to say something negative here, real quick. Charlotte Flair should not be in the top ten. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. She beat Ronda at Mania. I can't really think of anything else that she's done besides that. I mean, she has put on good matches throughout the year. But I can't really name all of them off the top of my head. I can name one. She had the feud with Tony Storm, right? That got aborted. Yeah, she ended Tony's uh, Mm, running. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That was pretty much it. She was in the Rumble and then won at Mania, but then lost it in a great I Quit match. And that was it. Yeah. I don't remember the October stuff. Yeah. Yeah, take her out of the top 10. You can put Mandy Rose in there if you want. I don't want to take out any of the stardom women because I do not watch it. Even though I hear really great things about it, so I, I don't really have enough to be like, yeah, move those people out. So I don't want to do that. I would like to say though that the Impact Knockouts division had like five people in the top twenty. You had Jordan, Diana, Tasha, Masha, and Mickey, all all in Impact. So that's that's pretty good for Impact Wrestling right there and the women's division. I would say. I just wanted to highlight that. But yeah, and Thunder Rosa being three way too high. I would have moved her probably down to about six or seven and put Becky and then Jade and then Jordan probably in that order. Like there's there's Rosemary at sixty six. Ruby is sixty. Yeah. I'm looking to see mm-hmm. like like did I did I say Taya? Yeah, she's number ten. That's good. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, Camille is twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I guess saying like the scale of Charlotte's so matches are that good. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not that good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't agree with that criteria. Yeah, she is good, yeah, pretty... but she was inactive. <laughs> well, like that's the yeah. funny thing. Like she had 16 matches in the time period that they said one is the Rumble. Okay, dropped down to 15. Uh, let's see her first three in that qualification: lost by DQ, no contest, lost by DQ. Oh, let's go a little later. Oh, lost by DQ. So she's had three DQ finishes. Oh, there's a time limit draw. So okay, so she's had two draws. Three DQs and a rumble in her 16 matches. Think back on the last wow. year. Who would you rank higher, Asuka or Charlotte? And if I told you that Asuka was 61 and Charlotte was 8, you'd think I had those reversed. Because I, w- I have no problem with Charlotte still being on the top 150. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I get it for the, what it is, but not 8. 
Like, no. <laughs> well, Oscar's a weird one because, like, if you compare titles, that's a big difference because technically Charlotte had two title reigns. Yeah. Because they count. Yeah. The, tra- the, the trade. The trade titles. is a new one. True. 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 Yeah, Oscar's kind of like the Oscar's kind of like the Iron Woman division. She just has like the most matches usually, like year after year. Like yeah. she just, yeah. I saw so the, I mean, I'd give her props like that. But I'm trying to find yeah. Italia on here now. I saw her. She was Oscar was injured also a long time too. Yeah, oh, that period. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, Chris Statlander's there at 125. There she is. Um, and she got injured. Like, yeah, Shotzi's 137. I have totally misplaced where Natalia was. I saw her on here. And I mean, it's just like with 80s, punk. La- it's I like with so. punk lasts with the men's. Like, yeah, he was gone. Yeah, for, exactly. Like, gone so long, and then he didn't have that many matches. So it's like, okay, he won the title. Yeah, cool. He didn't have a title run. Yeah, so, the entirety mm-hmm. of Punk's return was in that criteria. Which, based on that, I have no problem with him being on there, but not not top five. <laughs> like, no. no, I could see the argument for top ten, even though I don't agree with it. But I could see it, but not mm-hmm. top five. No, no, no. So yeah, I like it's. <sighs> It's a silly thing. I, d- I don't know. It's it's it is a lot of opinion based, and obviously we have ours. Um, like I don't know enough about Siri to to counter that. Like I think if Jade Cargill's on there, undefeated, with what is admittedly the second tier title of AEW, and it's been treated that way, why the hell isn't Mandy equivalent? Right? Mandy had it since October. Jade since January. It's very similar. Both have won all of their defenses. Mandy's had hers longer. The quality of wins for Jade Cargill, I wouldn't say are better. No. So what is happening here? And regardless of what NXT's title is considered currently, like it was a world title, whatever, like the NXT was equivalent, now it isn't, blah, blah, doesn't matter. She's the longest running champion that WWE has of any of their titles right now, aside from Roman. So, yeah, that, I just feel like she should be top 10, right? And think about it this way. She defeated another equal champion at Worlds Collide, which counts under this. Yeah. Who had a crazier reign of 400 days and is a legend. So, like, that quote, like, I like Jade Cargill a lot, but has she been anyone equal to that? Mako Satamura is 22. Mandy's 21. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. And they're both below Deanna. And don't be wrong, Deanna's awesome. But the Impact title is not higher ranked than the NXT title. I, I don't care if it's the, the top of the promotion. Um, it's not. So She she only had the title for like a month or two, and, if that. And Deanna's dropped hers that. a lot too, right? Yeah. So, like, well, yeah, no, Deanna's great. Her. Oh, she had no, the tag titles. No, De- no mm-hmm. Deanna, Deanna this year, she had the Ring of Honor. She had oh, the right. AAA. She had, mm-hmm. she Kenny omega did. it. She, she did the Kenny Omega. She had the Impact title the Ring of Honor title, and the AAA title. I think there was a brief overlap where she only had two of the three at, at one time. And then also she got lost. the tag titles. And she's she lo- she's oh. 19. Yeah, she lost the Impact title just before winning the ROH title. That's right. So why the hell mm-hmm. is she only 19? She should be top 10, based on criteria of world title wins. <laughs> right? So, yeah, it's Taya's higher. Deanna beat Taya. What, where, where is what, is, what is happening here? Camille is right in that same range. She's 23 below Mandy and Mako. Like Tony is 25. Be, yeah. Sasha's 26. And I don't want to like be like insulting. Like Willow Nightingale is 40. Roxanne Perez is 36. Yeah, Roxanne had not one but two titles. Willow is 40. Rhea Ripley is 42. 
Yeah. Then I, again, I gonna... Rhea hasn't. I don't say Rhea's not had that many matches, so I can kind of see that in a certain way. Yeah. But, um, and, like Naomi's forty-seven, and she had the tag titles. And well, look at JC Jane and Gigi are also forty-eight, forty-nine. Like all three of those had tag titles in WWE. Yeah, multiple times. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been multiple, yeah. but they were. Like they won it back. Yeah. yeah. Mercedes is twenty-eight. Mercedes started off during the Mandy Rose reign and lost. And Mandy's only mm-hmm. nine higher than Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes won the interim ROH title and the ROH actual title. That's lesser still. Like, that, that's a title that ex- only existed, like, this year. Well, September. That title started during this period and is, a, like, a secondary of a secondary. And she's still in the, within ten of Mandy. Yeah. So what we're saying is Mandy Rose got robbed. Um, which is funny because when Red was talking about it uh, a while back, wondering about the 150 before it came out, we were like, I don't know, I wouldn't rank Mandy that high. But we've all clearly come around to be like, no, man, Mandy should be a lot higher based on the criteria. So, Red, do you feel vindicated by that in any way? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, my opinion is my opinion. If you guys agree with it or don't agree with it, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I just, when you look at champions, I get the strength of the championship of what it is can carry some weight. It doesn't matter if you have somebody that goes a full year with one title. Like, they elevated. It. it still should be higher than twenty. Like even if you didn't want to do top ten, you had arguments for it not being top ten. Top, after top twenty, no, fifteen or less at max. Like, they they're calling NXT like the shit show. But now watch next year, Braun Baker being the top fifteen. I guarantee it. Well, they're not calling it a shit show. That where where, where well, do you I get mean, that? Well, I mean, they're treating. It. Well, they're treating it like it doesn't, like, the value of it isn't as high as it should be. It's, I got Maybe you. that's a better way. Okay. That's, like, that's better, yeah. Like I said, Braun Breaker next year, he's been champion the entire year. Now he lost it and then gained it back. Well, I mean, they're sexist. Two years ago. <laughs> and I wouldn't even put it past them <laughs> to be sexist about it. Because the men's NXT title is worth more than the women's. I could see that. Yeah. I'll say that's that. Like, I'll say that out loud. I don't care. I could see that. It's pretty obvious <laughs> when you look at some of this shit, so... I mean, Dakota and EO are low as hell. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were on TV often, but they were both tag champs. That, when you really look at it, like, Bianca Belair main evented. No, she didn't main event Mania, did she? That was last year. She won the women's title from Becky, opening night one of WrestleMania, and has had some banger matches all year through this period, and was in very good matches prior, won the Rumble. Is that really worth number two? Compared to stuff we've just talked about, like what Becky was doing prior to that, what Thunder Rosa was doing? In some cases, yeah, others, no. And I I know this sounds horrible. We don't want to dispute anything about the stardom stuff, but the, the championships of stardom are nothing compared to the championships of all the ones we've just talked about. WWE, Impact, AEW. ROH, like they're 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 what they are, but they're they're not on the same level. So why is Siuri number one? Is it because she's that good? Has she been doing a career better than Bianca, Charlotte, Jade, Mandy? I don't think so. I don't actually know, but I'm gonna guess probably not because it hasn't included the stuff that those have won on the biggest scale. So yeah, that's what we think. <laughs> Like I said, we're not timely, but we are opinionated. So there we go. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to see. Like it's every time this comes up, this happened with the one fifth, the five hundred last year, and it comes up kind of in the topics. And I give full credit to Red for this because I never put it on the topics. And then it's like I guess we could talk about it, and it becomes one of our more impassioned things every time. So Red, don't worry, I will put this on the list next time 
because it is always a good topic to talk about because that's the whole point. It's fun wrestling stuff to talk about. So let's keep talking about fun wrestling stuff and talk about the Elite Return promo. Oh, wait, no, that's not fun stuff to talk about. I will give full credit to AEW for doing a very well done edit of the Elite winning the tag titles, the trios titles, rather, uh, big moments, and like being basically Thanos snapped out like they're burned away, and you can see the image behind them. That's very well done to get like a photo of what's there, because you can't just erase something and have it fill automatically. Like it, If you do actual video editing or photography editing and Photoshop type stuff, there's work involved in that. So they did a very good job on that. Full credit there. What's weird, and I'm going to go to Jimashi first, just so he's ready with this. I don't want to steal all his thunder on it, but What's weird about it is what this basically is saying is that we agree that the elite are okay. They did nothing wrong. And that's a weird thing to me because no matter what the situation was or how provoked they were in the alleged huh, stuff with the all-out brawl, multiple stories from multiple angles, no matter how you look at it, they confronted Punk. Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson confronted Punk. Whether or not they kicked the door open, whether or not they barged in, whether or not it was open, that is regardless. Even though one story says that the door hit Punk's dog's teeth and knocked them out. And you can still see the bite on Omega's arm. Whatever. Regardless of that, three executives confronted an employee, a contracted employee, whatever you want to look at it. That's wrong. That should not have happened in that sense. So I, I do not, I'm not behind that in any way. I hate the fact that it's like, oh, they did everything right. No, they didn't. They were suspended. They served their time. All right, fine. But moving on like they're the good guys is scummy and weird. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Now, it's funny that Colt Cabana's back because that's the biggest FU punk ever. Stepped away. No. Well, wait then, because I literally threw it to him three times in that, so I can't not do it. I gotta do it. Well, in the meantime, who's Shibata? Uh, Katsuyori Shibata is the... How to put it? He's the guy that got injured, and we've mentioned him before. He's He came out with Orange Cassidy and got the sunglasses at Forbidden Door. If you remember ah, that. that. Okay. Yep. He's the guy that got injured, and it was so bad his brain was bleeding, and it actually, they did surgery. Yeah. And it came out at one point, and they put it back in. They thought he would never walk or wrestle. They thought he would die. He came back and had a match with Will Ospreay, and it was supposed to be like exhibition style. He went full tilt and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. why? What's the deal with Shibata? What's going on with that? Cassidy <laughs> versus Shibata for the All Atlantic title. Okay, we'll come back to that then. Jimmy, I threw it to you like three <laughs> times, so I, have, oh. I was waiting for you to come back. Okay, yeah, uh, it's it's some pretty funny. I guess I got to do my uh, CT impersonation tonight. I mean, how the fuck are you going to have a head of your company go, oh, God, Punk saying stuff, Punk saying stuff. I'm not going to stop him. Oh, God. Oh, there's a fight backstage. Oh, maybe I should have done something. I'm going to mum the word on Punk and all the elite for two and a half months. Every interview, I'm going to go, oh, I can't answer that question. No, I can't talk about them. No, no, I can't answer that question. Oh, they're coming back and it's solved? Oh, I'm going to tease that we erased them. Fuck you. Like, that's so stupid. And then, oh, it all started because someone in the elite had to say something to a reporter about Colt Cabana being written off and Punk had to go outraged over it for fucking half an hour. Oh, 
solved now? Colt Cabana's back and going for an ROH title. Oh, we're so cool. You're even, not cool, Tony. You're a 40 year old, like, middle schooler. Even though he like, wasn't it, removed due to punk, right? That was completely un- unrelated. Yeah. As much as they claimed it, as much as we all thought it, right? Like, uh huh. Yeah. It, everything about it just. It's either he's too petty or he just waits to be petty. And it just seems so wrong to constantly do things like this. And uh, I'm going to be that guy. Everyone made jokes about Emma not having a pop for her turn. Colt Cabana didn't even have a fucking pop tonight. So I don't know what, like, uh, and it's funny, a minute ago I was just looking at my phone and it says that uh, one of the next sets of shows of tickets that are opening up is in Portland, Oregon on January 6th, Battle of the Belts and Rampage taping together. And I'm just sitting here going, Ooh, are they going to have Jericho as champ then? Because that will be funny on January 6th. He'll he'll be on the East Coast for that, though. He won't make an appearance, <laughs> make an appearance somewhere else. Uh, as I'm seeing this ICCT in chat, just going off about the Shibata stuff. <laughs> yeah, so let's keep going live with Dynamite. Um, Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah. So Orange Cassidy defended the AW All-Atlantic title against Luchasaurus. Who needs a flag, by the way, because I always put a flag up and he didn't get one. And Ray Phoenix. And the winner would get to choose a dream opponent for Friday on Rampage. Because that's being that's live on Friday. They're not taping it tonight. They're doing it live on Friday. And everyone was kind of hoping for Minoru Suzuki. That was one of the matches canceled during the pandemic that GCW was going to do. Because it was like, ah, uh, come on. That's going to be fun. They didn't do it. Um, it's Katsuyori Shibata, who is an incredible wrestler. He's ridiculously good, but got hurt so bad from a headbutt that he basically had his brain swell, and during surgery it kind of came out, and they put it back in. He legitimately should have died. Like, flat out from what that was. He came back, he had like a sparring match that turned into a full tilt sprint against Will Ospreay at last year's Wrestle Kingdom. This year, January 4th. And... Was that Forbidden Door with the sunglasses with, uh, with Orange Cassidy? And now he's going to challenge for the All-Atlantic title on AEW Rampage Friday night at 10 p.m. And not pay-per-view in two weeks. Not Wrestle Kingdom January 6th. Not anything. He's doing this. And to quote CT, uh, let me scroll through here. Uh, genuinely, fuck off. Uh, like, I don't care. Fuck you, AEW. I fucking hate you and hope you rot. Fuck New Japan for allowing this shit even for a second. This is the worst company to ever exist. This is in our live event chat. You can come read this if you want. They take anything good in wrestling and fucking kick it and shoot it while it's down. Shibata's first normal match is Orange Cassidy on Rampage. Now, I get it. CT doesn't like Orange Cassidy either. We've talked about that on this podcast. If you've heard that before, you know he doesn't like it. But he understands it. He's like, if you're a fan of his, cool. Not my style. He gets that. It's everything he hates, though, to go against Shibata. <laughs> like, that's, that's worst case scenario. So, uh, to continue, like, fuck you, Tony, you're an asshole. If this is the option, you won't do it. Imagine Taker coming out of retirement, and you're going to have him face R-Truth on NXT. See? Like, he knows R-Truth is good, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what a slap to the, in the face of the fan, and Shibata fans, and wrestling as a whole. Worst thing they've ever done. Genuinely should be ashamed of letting this happen. More mad at New Japan and Shibata in AEW. It's the worst thing in wrestling this year. Now, that's the other thing that scares me. 
I've made it very clear I don't like AEW's medical team because they're basically NFL doctors. That terrifies me. I don't like Shibata in this situation either. I um, don't like that. <laughs> like, that scares me. It's, yeah. So anyway, the Elite, that's a thing. Yeah, Red, what's your thoughts on the Elite and stuff like that? And we can talk about Shibata if you want to. <laughs> um... I'll, let me start with the Shibata because <laughs> live event is going on. Oh, it's going. Um, I stopped. He's he's <laughs> CT's still going. Um, I'm um, not going to keep reading it, but yeah. No, I agree with him. Like eh, nothing against Orange Cassidy. I know he doesn't like Orange Cassidy. I think Orange Cassidy is fine as a wrestler. My biggest issue is the fact that it's on Rampage. Now, if Shibata has t uh, schedule issues, and so be it. But for it not to be a pay per view, for it not to be a minimum dynamite. They're doing it on Rampage. It just screams like, yeah, you're a deal, but not that big of a deal for us to actually make it worth your while. Can I can I jump in there right before you go further with that? Imagine when mm -hmm. Daniel Bryan finally came back. It wasn't at WrestleMania. Right? That's what it is. Shabbat is like Daniel Bryan. Think of it that way. That's how like respected and revered this guy is. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Um, as far as the elite, I, whatever. I mean, I don't know the full story backstage. I just know what we've been told. If they're the ones that are found not guilty, and you know a sense of that case, and so be it. Uh, for them to come back, I think they're having fun, just like uh, WWE did with Bray Wyatt. Little mysterious versus just straight up. Hey, they'll be back this week. Um, with that being said, if they come back. So be it. I I wish they would use this to benefit the company at themselves. Because like we talked before we started recording, if they come back, like, well, we want the 3v3 titles, and then they lose, that puts over, what is it, uh, Death Triangle? And it doesn't make them seem like, yeah, we're still, you know, running our own company kind of thing. Like, should they win? Eh, sure, I guess. But putting over the other team, I think it's fine. Yeah, I'm, the the Orange Cassidy Shibata thing is actually pretty cool. I, I actually don't mind it. I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy, and I've seen so much about his stuff, and he's a badass. So I guess if they're cool with working together, it's cool, because I think it'll be awesome. Like I said with Red, I just don't want it to be a Rampage. I would want it to be at Full Gear or like a major pay-per-view, because it has a big fight kind of feel, because the fans love Orange Cassidy. And most people love Shibata, so I don't know why they're just doing it on a random rampage. Actually, I do, because they give you away all the good stuff for free, and you pay for the crap. So, yeah. As for the Elite coming back, I'm. it's weird to say this, because they've been gone for a while. It's kind of weird without them. Can we at least admit that? Like, it's weird them not being there. kind of miss them in a way, even though I'm not a fan of the Bucks, and I don't really like Omega that much, but it's just weird not seeing them around, so... The sooner they get back, the better. And I can go back to maybe disliking them because I'm kind of missing them at the moment of disliking them. I don't know if that makes any sense. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I really got to say on that. I think with the Elite, some of the most fun stuff has been the fact that Kenny and the Bucks together actually negate everything I dislike about Kenny and the Bucks on their own. Like, the Bucks matches don't work for me. I've said that ad nauseum. And Kenny's matches don't work for me. I've said that so much. 
But when they're together, it kind of works. They, th for me, they negate all the stuff I don't like. So I like them in trios. Keep them there. That's cool. Um, I don't like the idea of them just coming right back in and getting like where they left off. That's probably the plan. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation right now. Wrestling is weird, suddenly. Let's keep talking about weird stuff. Because we watched uh, New Japan Rumble on 44th Street. And there was the night before also, which was a bunch of random stuff. Which was kind of cool to see some stuff like the SATs come back. Uh, Amazing Red was in that. John Moxley made an appearance. Tracy Williams and stuff. So it's kind of funny how they're not working with uh, AEW and GCW anymore. But New Japan and AEW clearly will. Shibata especially, as we see it. And there's not much to say about the Rumble on 44th itself. It was fun. A lot of good stuff. The lighting was off. and You know, the usuals there. But it was a fun card. But the kind of fun news that came out of that was stuff with Carl Anderson. And it wasn't during that, but it's New Japan related. So that's where this kind of comes from. Um, last episode, we talked a lot about the perspective fact of Carl Anderson, meaning this is somehow New Japan and WWE working together. And the possibility of some fun stuff happening. And cool aspects because... Anderson is the never open weight champion in New Japan. And <laughs> then they went and double booked him. And November 5th, he's scheduled to face Hikulio in New Japan. And then also wrestle with uh, Gallows and Styles against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio in Saudi Arabia. And Japan to Saudi Arabia is longer than you could do that. So there's no way he can do both. New Japan suddenly put out a tweet and everything changed because they said, we expect him to do this. He's not double booked. He's ours first. We committed to it. And Anderson says no. And then they went and changed the match. And New Japan kind of blinked, said that Hikulio is going to face somebody else because he went and challenged someone and they challenged back. So they're doing that. But it's not for the vacant title, not for interim title. They haven't even stripped Anderson. He's still champion. And things got weird with that. And I, I don't know what the deal is. So we, we went from WWE and New Japan working together to no, they are very much not. And that's a weird situation. And obviously New Japan and AEW are working together, especially with Shibata doing this. But now we had other cool news, and I'm going to just tie this in, with the great Muda announced to face Shinsuke Nakamura on January 1st for Noah. Now... Even Shinsuke put a, the, a promo saying this is a miracle. He wanted to work New Japan for the 50th anniversary year, which kind of concludes with Wrestle Kingdom because that's like the Inoki celebration and everything with the, his uh, passing. And the, the rarity of it, I said it last time with Anderson potentially wrestling for New Japan, the rarity of WWE contracted superstars wrestling elsewhere is insanely rare. I mentioned Taz back for ECW. Um, I know some of the guys worked like USWA and uh, OVW was developmental. Stuff like that has happened before. And technically Jerry Lawler wrestled for independence when he was commentating. But it's very rare. One I forgot about, though, was Kenta as Hideo Itami worked for Noah during 2013. Uh, during, I want to say someone's retirement, but I forget who it was. But he worked a Noah show, which was another rare instance. And it's Noah again here is the mood of retirement. So this is insane. Like th this is truly crazy stuff. And GMSG to go to you first here again. I'm just going to you first all night. The promo package even was awesome. And it was all Japanese with some subtitles. But 
oh, it was awesome just that buildup of how excited Nakamura was to do this. Yeah, I don't even know if I mentioned anything in chat, honestly, the last week about it. But, no, I've watched it, like, six or seven times. I'm hyped for it. I might pay to see it. I, like, that was just so badass where it's just like, oh, this legend and everything. And then it's like, who's the opponent? And then it just cuts to his music and everyone's just like, wait, what? And it's not even, like, his current music either. It's his NXT-styled music, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh. And then he's like, and it's like, WWE, Shinsuke Nakamura. And he's just like. Oh, oh! They're just going with it as WWE versus Noah. Like, Dude, oh, they even teased him with an American flag. Yeah, like, yeah, that was the coolest part. Is like, he's like, no, nah, he's American now. And so it's like, this is so weird. And this doesn't hope, happen. So yeah, like, and like with the New Japan stuff with the Carl Anderson, like it, it feels like it's a work, but it's not. And also a shoot, like it's really confusing. And the thing is, it's actually hard to tell with New Japan because. They take everything as it's a work. So, like, they, like, treat, like, injuries, like, serious. Like, if you get injured, you're gone. Like, and you have to, like, play it up in Japan. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what they're doing with it. Like, if they were really mad, they would definitely have stripped him of the title, right? And replaced it? You would assume, right? Yes. So... Because then he never has but, to come back. Whatever, deal with it. Fine, it's gone. We move on. New champion. And the thing, Here we go. And the, and the thing is, they like they made that statement that they will strip him if he's not going to do the match, and like they've <laughs> already replaced the match, yeah. but they haven't. So it's either that they are talking with WWE and like Triple H is like saying like, "Hey, we will make this work. I am sorry, but we have to do this." Or New Japan's fully in on it, too. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's keep doing this. This is fun. I don't know. I'm intrigued by both aspects of the Noah and New Japan with WWE doing stuff. I think the Anderson thing is the work. I think I think it was just dates. You know, they're on the same day. They just can't do it. And New Japan's just like, well, we'll just have him come over and do it at a later date. I think that's what he's eventually going to do. I kind of hope this turns into like maybe like a little bit of a working relationship where they can have some people come over here and, you know, maybe have some matches in WWE, like some dream match style for like Mania or something, you know? The Muda Shinsuke package was incredible. One, I love Muda. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Old WCW. I loved him. I wish he would have been. They were going to turn him. They were going to turn face back in the day. They ended up not doing it because this manager said it would be bad for his career and he ended up not doing it. And it was one of the worst mistakes ever because even as a heel as a kid i love muda but him and shinsuke that's that's gonna be awesome because shinsuke's been wanting to do this for a while you said it was for like he wanted to work the 50th anniversary right and they couldn't get he couldn't get signed off on oh uh, yeah he's he's wanted he's wanted yeah, something with new so, japan all year he's, he's been saying that yeah, yeah yeah so i mean first step is noah and maybe next step is new japan go over there and i mean match four days later wrestle kingdom yeah, so I'm thinking maybe he'll be in Japan. Kind of, so you know, <laughs> maybe they're hashing something out over there. I don't know. I don't know what Triple H is, Triple H and Nick Khan and all them are thinking about. But hey, if you can get a, a little bit of a relationship going, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Triple H would be down to work with other companies or stuff. So he's mentioned that, and like the idea behind it, we've seen like Mysterio did a thing for Triple Mania for Triple A. Uh, styles mm-hmm. for impact like there there's been some back and forth and even uh, i mentioned it last time but aw had 
uh, Brian, Big Show, and Mark Henry on Raw in videos for Cena. So, like, they've done some of this before, back and forth. And these companies have worked together for that. So, the idea that there could be something here with these guys is definitely something, not necessarily new regime, but it's definitely possible. Like, it's not as impossible, but it's still wild to see. And I know, Red, you were thinking that too, right? Like, the new regime is definitely opening these doors wide, it feels like. Even though it's only, like, Nakamura on January 1st in Noah. It still seems like unthinkable stuff is happening. I think that's just the start, if I'm being honest. Um, let me back up just a little bit to the uh, Carl Anderson thing. Oh, sure. I think this is a work. I, I think both companies are all on board for this. Uh, I think New Japan has seen that Crown Jewel is the bigger market as far as it's WWE. It's, it gets a broader. So they're backing off to reschedule the New Japan for later. It's going to scratch your back, scratch my back kind of thing. Uh, so I, I think I'm doing the whole booking agent and the uh, whole double books. So we're going to strip you thing. I think that's all for show. Uh, with that being said, the Noah thing with uh, Nakamura and Great Muda. Uh, I think we discussed this. This is a great match because you kind of can get all of WWE who doesn't know Great Muda to learn about him and see him. And I saw this. I, I don't know anything about him, but apparently he seems destined for WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. So you kind of get the market to start seeing Great Muda, Nakamura, people tune in, and WWE announces he's being inducted to the Hall of Fame. Maybe you guys could help me. Was he in WWE beforehand at some point? or I don't think so. Is he a big deal, or is he just a big name? He's huge. He's a massive name. He's he's a Hogan equivalent. Yeah, no, I am. Like... Um, he was in WCW a fair bit during like yeah. the, the Monday Night Wars. He was during that. He was part of NWO, but even before that, he had matches with Sting. Early, he he's a yeah. legend. Like the Green Mist is basically him. Like that, the Jerry did it. Like, ah. that, that's him. And like the Octopus, that's him. And he's an absolute legend. Like he's one of those names that would go in the Hall of Fame, never wrestling there, and no one would be like, why? Like people who know, yeah, he he belongs. Did he wrestle WWE? No. Doesn't matter. Like he's that legendary in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. I feel personally. So I and feel like Hall of Fame, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of leads into it is a Triple H world now. Like mm -hmm. if it was still Vince, this would never happen. I think the rumor was uh, they tried to do this while Vince was still in control, and it never went through. But then when Triple H took over, they were able to come to terms. Like Triple H is making waves, and I think it's time for the wrestling world to start surfing on him. He's now it's it's easy to say that I I have no idea I haven't looked into that but Triple H has gone on record before saying if the situation's right we'll do it because he talked to, about all this in the NWA before about potentially doing something and all this one at Starcade and they were talking about potentiality there and Triple H has said this um, like years ago he's he's been open to this so it's possible I mean they've worked with Progress Evolve and a lot of the European shows with like the NXT talents mm -hmm. so. Well, they're big with GCW, I mean, too, <laughs> funny and enough. And the thing is, yeah, and the thing is with New Japan, like, even with Vince, there was never any warring issues with New Japan for a long time. They just never really worked together publicly on TV, but, like... But they, they would mention do, it. Like, they, yeah, they would, they mention would them, here and there. Like, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, former champions, they'd mention that, yeah. They let talent work with each other a little bit for New Japan. It was always minor things, never, like, major. So... There's no bad blood, so, like, 
I think now with Triple H, now it's a new regime that there's actually more of a chance working together mm-hmm. in equal terms than just going, no, we respect them and then talk to them. Yeah, it's a, it's a brave new world. And I like that analogy of surfing these waves. That's a, a good way to put it, Red. So very intrigued by this. It's, it's just going to get crazier. We're 100 days in, and that's where we're at with this stuff. Who the heck knows? Like, remember earlier this year, Mickey James was in the Rumble, and she was the Impact Women's Champion and carried that belt to the ring. That was before <laughs> this stuff was happening. So, yeah, and, that was, uh, and that was expensive. seven months after her release, <laughs> right? So... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a wild, wild world here. To go on a bit of a flip side, I know uh, Red was talking a bit about this as well, so I'm going to go to Red first. Sorry, GMSG. But uh, there's some NXT releases, and admittedly, a lot of these names aren't exactly ones that were that well-known. Uh, Rufang, Damaris Griffin, Erica Yan, Sloan Jacobs, and Bodie Hayward. Now, Bodie is one that he's part of Chase U, so he was on TV. But the others, like Sloan, Erica, Damaris, and Rue, I think Rufeng was part of the Chinese tryouts they've had, and I, I want to say Damaris was part of the uh, one of the like next level initiative ones, whatever that thing they call it is, like the college recruitment program. Um, but a lot of this, th- this is the first time we've really seen this kick in with that 90 day thing, right? If you don't make TV in 90 days, we evaluate you and it's not going to work because they've got the next set for 90 days. And it's, it's like any job. If you've gone to a job, there's usually a grace period, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever, where they can basically say this isn't going to work and terminate you without any kind of severance or... I don't want to say reason, but it is kind of that. It's like, this isn't going to work. We're done. It's kind of like that. Like, this isn't working. You're not progressing. You're not moving up. It's it's not a bad thing. Let's be clear on that. If these five people weren't making it work... You don't want to keep them around. You don't want to waste money on them. You don't want to spend time on them when you can do it to those who do need it or do merit it. That said, we've seen how many releases over the years come back stronger. Not just the past two years with Triple H's insanity of the past 100 days. These guys could easily turn around and go to Impact or AEW and, and like raise the roof and go nuts. But you could also have like your Parker Boudreaux who went to AEW as new hotness and we haven't seen him since his first, like, two weeks there, right? So these guys could fizzle. It, this might not be for them, and it's not for everybody. We've known that. But, Red, I know you were surprised by Bodie Hayward specifically, right? Like, he was on TV as part of Chase U. So that's a weird one, right? Yeah, and uh, it kind of was, like, in the middle of a storyline. Like, that was the suddenness of it. Like, I mean, hey, when it's time to go, it's time to go. They, they're not going to hold back. And like, oh, well, you finish the story, then we'll let you go. Yeah. Uh, the problem with him, and this was my problem, was, and I thought they should have done it much quicker, and if he wasn't getting the chops backstage at Performance Center of getting the wrestling down, then I can get it. But, like, it always felt like he was going to be the star. Like, you had the teacher, I mean, this is a storyline, you had the teacher who was, like, teaching everybody who did the wrestling thing, but Bodie would be the star who finally got the moment to shine and all that. And it, it just never came to anything. It was always, like, a TV personality versus a wrestler. And... It, that's good if you want to be like an interviewer or a manager, but obviously he has the body for a wrestler, not one of those. Like typically you have a smaller person for those two roles. So for him to never really be seen in the ring, I think we maybe see him like two, three matches. Like it never came to anything to where it's like, yeah, he's a wrestler. Let's do it. It was always what skit. Is he going to be in this week? And it, that was the big shock for me. And I don't blame him either. Like, 
It was. I mean, you look at it, it's one of those things like, yeah, it's a shock. But then on the other hand, it's like, no, it makes sense. He's been there forever, and he's still not evolving. Like, he was nowhere near coming in to being on main roster. And I think this may have also hurt him. Class that he came in with, Ron Breaker, uh, D'Angelo, the Creed Brothers, and I think there was one other one. All of them are stars right now. He wasn't. Like, if you just take it based on that, yeah, he was the odd man out, and it was his time to go. He was nowhere near their level and wasn't getting pushed to be near their level either. Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit of a shock, but, I mean, there are reports out there. I don't want to speculate on why he was released. If people want to find those out, you can on the Internet. Nothing like, you know, of, like, speaking out or anything like that, but, you know, just other things. It is a little weird to have him dropped in the uh, middle of a storyline, but like Gunred says, it's when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. All the other names on the list really hadn't done anything or really been on TV. So, you know, they said they weren't going to keep people around for long periods of time anymore. And they, they're pretty much, you know, when you got to prove yourself, you got to prove yourself. And if you don't, you don't, or you're going to get the ax. So it sucks, but maybe he'll come back. You never know. If he goes out there and does really well in the indie scene or if he... Or if they just call him back, you never know. They they could do that as well. So, like, written out and for the best for those people that get released. Yeah, and for a lot of these guys, like that, sometimes indie scene is the way to go. Like that's where you really get your feet wet and see how this stuff works, and if you really have that passion for it. And if they see you do that, they reach out and they bring you back, as we've seen, or or give you that shot. And maybe you don't want it. It's it's fair too. But yeah, Jamie, I know we've talked about a lot about releases and people on on the indies like Cardona and stuff, and like. Could they come back and that? I know none of these guys are on that level, obviously. But you never know. This could be that make or break for some of these guys to really run with it. Yeah, when I saw, like, there was a report of a release for NXT, I'm like, I feel like it's going to be a minor group of releases. And then when he posted, it was. Like, I mean, the one guy from Chase U, like, that's that sucks. But, like, I looked at his, like, profile and saw his post. And, like, he graduated not that too long ago. He was a young athlete. Maybe he's one of the few people that's like, figure things out, come back down the line. We'll see. He said he would come back, not like to WWE, but in general, like he's not done. Who knows? I mean, this is a different era. Usually at this point in time, we would see 10, 15, 20 releases. We haven't seen many releases the last six months. So I don't know. Maybe, like, with how the money's working, with how Clash Castle did in other shows, like, supposedly Royal Rumble's, like, crazy sold out already, almost. A four million gate, right? Away. Yeah, like, yeah. this might be the best Rumble they've ever had, gate-wise, so... <laughs> There's been 30 of the damn thing, so yeah. So, right now, WWE's firing on all cylinders, the entire company's behind Triple H, the roster's going nuts, like, we're seeing constantly in the interviews and everything, like, the roster's like, oh, we're so happy, like... I watched today Butch say, like, he saw, like, he said that when he'd run to fans outside, they're like, oh, I'm your biggest fan. Now it's all these parents saying, like, my kid's your biggest fan. Mm. And he now is like, I'm not mad about Butch at all. I'm going to embrace everything. I'm loving things with the fans. So I, it's a new era, and wrestling's fun. Though AEW was having fun now, and now it's really weird, and maybe ROH separating will be great for them because it it's needed now badly. 
Well, the fact that they could basically have two companies, in a way like WWE and NXT, even though they're clearly not, they still kind of are. They, they have that different feel. AEW can easily get that with ROH. Like, ROH is definitely missed. Uh, that Butch thing, though, that's funny, because that reminds me of Mick Foley um, thinking that a fan vote for one of the Cyber Sunday events, like, who faces Carlito? Was it going to be Mankind, Cactus Jack, or Dude Love? And he figured it was going to be Cactus Jack. But it was Mankind, because all the kids liked Mankind. He's like, oh, I get it. You, they like this. For, oh, oh, this is better. I get it. it. It's exactly like that. Like, he, he sees the, the benefit and the upside of it. So, and... Not to say he couldn't be Pete Dunne later. Like, that's the beauty of wrestling history. That stuff was always there, and they can always bring it back and do that kind of stuff and blend it. Um, something that I noticed when you were saying that, though, on the flip side of this with Triple H and that, these are the first releases under Triple H's era, right? I think? Yes, 100%. We haven't there, seen... there might have been a single... Well, maybe the two dimes or whatever it was. Dimes might be. Technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or stack. But, oh, I mean... It was dimes, yeah. If there were releases, it was more like issues than like, oh, we're making cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And these didn't feel like cut cuts. They felt like, hey, you're not ready or we're not seeing any improvement. Maybe improve on the indies. See you later. It really is a case more. It's not like we're releasing you because we have nothing for you. It's okay. This isn't going to work. We're not going to continue with you do yeah. what you got to do and we'll keep our eye out. Cause that's what they always say. That's even Michael said that to uh, Jonah, Rosin Reed. It's like, prove them wrong. You know, he's coming back at some point, someday, someday. Mm -hmm. He's still probably got that chip on his shoulder, but someday, someday it's got to happen. Right. So, but yeah, I, like I said, it's never a good thing to talk about the idea of people losing their jobs. I get it. I get it. But try to look on the bright side of it. It creates more opportunity for who the company believes in. Not that that's always been the best way to look at it, but hey, we're going to spend our resources better. Here we go. They're always bringing in someone new to find that next superstar. And you've got the flip side of the people who aren't working out. Well, maybe this is a way to find out what can work out. And, and it, it just feels different than the prior ones because those ones were a lot of like, like, why'd you release them? We, we spent two years talking about that. So it doesn't feel that way finally. Yeah. And um, considering, like, as we said, ROH is gone, there's other people that are filling the void right now and perfect for these guys to get signed or do contracted shows. And that's, I mean, Impact is ironically enough, continuing on with a lot yep. of that. Like, they, they've, they've not continued contracts with OGK and Maria. Uh, they kept PCO, which is ironic, the 50 something year old. Um, but Chelsea's gone and Madison's gone and Tennille is gone and there's, like, the Good Brothers are gone. There's plenty of room and opportunity over there for stuff like that. And this is a fun tangent. GCW is massive in its own way. But the big news for them, they posted that there's going to be major news coming out regarding their, basically their streaming, how to watch their shows. And I, personally, I was like, are they going to be on the goddamn network? Are they going to be on W Network? I could see it because, like, they have had, both WWE and GCW people have talked well about each other which is wild. Like, Brett Lauderdale and Stephanie McMahon have posted multiple photos together. They get along. It's funny. Uh, but no, they're joined Fight Plus, which AEW, sorry, AIW joined them a little while ago. I think a few months back, they left IWTV and went to Fight Plus. Pro Wrestling Revolver, PWR, announced today they joined it. And I was kind of curious because I wanted to see what IWTV is because they were started posting stuff. They're another big streaming platform. We talked about them a few times, GMSG. Uh, West Coast Pro is with them. Prestige Wrestling is with them, and they're exclusive. 
And IWTV is kind of fighting back by saying, we're on this. Uh, Beyond Wrestling is on that. And Beyond has had a lot of stuff with, like, Orange Cassidy and Danhausen and guys who were on the way up. MJF was on there, too. Um, IWTV is really promoting a lot of other companies right now. C4, hey, we're on them, too. Watch our stuff. It's good. We're proud of it. You'd enjoy it. That was five hours ago. Like, all these companies are going out there saying, hey, we're on this one. We're on that one. And it's kind of funny to see these streaming platforms both rising up almost in competition. Well, not almost. Definitely in competition of we're here and we have value. We're here and we have value. And I think it's big. I know CT mentioned briefly how this GCW thing was kind of massive because their shows were like 15 bucks, maybe 20 bucks, 25 for a bundle for a weekend. It's four ninety nine a month. And you watch them all. Like, all their back catalog and all their shows. So if they've got four shows coming up in November... I, sorry, they start this in November. So let's say there's four shows in December. And I think there is. And they're 15 bucks each. Cool. Five bucks a month? You, you can watch all of them. That's pretty dope. I know this sounds like an ad, but... If I'm going to buy two of them, I may as well spend $5 a month. And then catch them all whenever I want. And... AIW is on there as well, Pro Wrestling Revolver. I think it said NWA is on there also. Like, their pay-per-views are different, but their show, like, um, Power is on there. Right, GMSG? If I remember correctly. They uh, might have their own subscription. No. It might be different. They, but they have stuff on has there. Their own. Yeah. But it's like, bear me, you can't go wrong with that, right? Yeah, that's, that's a cheap deal. It's really good for their pay-per-views. Like you said, it was 15 to 20 bucks for a bundle for a weekend. Yeah, you can't can't beat that. Plus all their back catalog. That's really good. I mean, I think Impact Plus is like 9.99 a month or something like that. And you get like you get like obviously the shows that air on TV and you get their back catalog, but you don't get the pay-per-views. Yeah. For that, you still have to pay for the pay-per-views. I mean, you get their specials, but Yeah. And those yeah, are 10 I'd bucks a month a on their own, right? So yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd say that's that's a heck of a deal. That's really really good. I know CT's talked about the Wrestle Kingdom uh, New Japan World service, which I want to say is 10 to 15 bucks, and that's everything on that service. So that's, that's the new thing. That, that seems to be the way to go for a lot of this stuff. Again, I know it sounds so much like an ad, and it is not. We would gladly accept sponsorship, though, by all means, and we would declare it if we got it. Uh, but it's not. So I just think it's a cool thing because it makes it so much easier to watch because there's times even in our Discord chat when it's a matter of, hey, who's checking the show out? Uh, I'm not going to pay 15 bucks for it. Can you do five bucks a month? Watch this one and watch the one next month. Yeah, sure. Five bucks. That's ridiculously affordable. Not saying it's easy for everybody. I get that. But it's a lot better than 15 a pop. Right? So, like, mm-hmm. now to go back to you, GMSG, what's, what, what are you thinking here? Like, it, this is great, right? Yeah, I mean, this is building up and filling a void that happened. Like, there's there's at least a few hundred small indie promotions in the like this country and fight now like doing this fight with um against well not against but building what they lost with ROH is fantastic and using the streaming service compared to all these major companies getting these deals and like HBO Max is tanking fight TV has been just hanging around now it's connecting with all the mid-tier companies Mm -hmm. wrestling boxing MMA it's perfect they've got racing and motocross and rugby on fight yeah (laughs) Like this, like in a weird way, like I was saying this to you guys in personal message about how Europe's indie scene is just not working well. Like here, everyone's working together as the indies. 
and that's what needs to happen when you have a lot of these major companies in a few mid-tier when you have all these alliances like AIW and GCW and a few others working together continuously sharing champions major talents like Cardona with even Impact like that helps build an entire mid-tier again to what just vanished because Impact has dropped like it's almost to the point where it's becoming equal to GCW in that because their pay-per-view sales are low their viewership is non-existent on their network and they were even working on YouTube now which NWA was doing for a while so and they're not keeping contracts like you said they're very GCW style almost now now they have said many times like they're happy with the way things are but clearly things could be better like it's yeah not a, a misnomer to say that like they they have fallen off from where they were but they're still stable and happy and yeah. nothing wrong with that but they want to get better um their divisions are very barren yeah yeah so like it it's a matter of time to see what happens there um red to go to you though to kind of close this part out what what's your What's your thoughts with the the idea of the streaming services? Because I part of it is mirroring what WWE does. It's it's ten bucks a month or whatever the price is in your country, blah blah blah, and you get the pay per views. And for a lot like Impact, it wasn't that right. And so, but the fact that this is included, it, I, I don't be like it's a no brainer. But it really is like, oh, that's of course it. Why would I pay for that? And I also have to pay for these. No, it's everything all in one, five bucks. Like that's. That's that's the way to do it. I feel like you get everything. Here's one payment. I mean, that's where this world's going to. I get it. Um, if they started streaming Raw and SmackDown, I would probably be able to cut a lot of my cable out. Uh, as far as these new companies going to streaming, I don't follow them as much, so I probably won't be spending any money on them. Um, like. Again, it's it's where it's going. I, it's not shocking. It's about time. I know football did a big deal with Twitch and Prime this year, like Thursday nights, and they've already seen that they're not losing viewers over it. They're going to these other platforms to continue watching what they want. So them going to a platform that they're going to guaranteed get money for, I see, if anything, their brands will grow because it's easier to get to at this point. If if I were to say the idea of that, like if it's a matter of fifteen bucks versus five as an entry fee, like that's all the difference in the world, right? For the full year or for per show? Well, it's, or it's per month. About? It's per month. But if it's a matter of hey, you're going to watch the show on Friday, it's fifteen bucks, or it's five bucks, and you get all the other ones they've done, including well, yeah, like I said, this month for your month, you get, get five bucks. So it's. It's, it's an easier entry fee, I feel. Like, it's easier... I'm trying to compare it. How, how can I compare it here? Um, it really is kind of like buy one, get one free, but the one is like a quarter off as well. Like, it's it's oh. dirt cheap, is what I'm trying to say. It's the, the, the reason, oh, it's too expensive, I feel is gone with this. It's easier for people to pay five bucks once to watch a show and then cancel it and then do it again whenever one comes up than it is to pay, pony up 15 or 20. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. No, no, you're 100% right. Because, like I said, because you're lowering the price, you'll get more viewers. And some people may go, well, you're lowering the price, you're taking a cut. No, those extra viewers will make up your loss. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, you get more fans. In the meantime, those fans will buy merchandise. So you're getting a bigger fan base because you're lowering your price. 
for me, when WWE came out with the network, I didn't do anything with the network. Like, I didn't, I mean, boo-hoo, I, I didn't pay for it. Um, until probably, like, within the last few months of WWE being on network. And then it went to Peacock. Well, because of my cable service, Peacock's free for me. So, I got the WWE and all of NBC catalog and all those, whatever Peacock prior, uh, gives out. I can only go based on WWE. I don't really do the fight uh, TV and all that. But to basically wrap this all up, you're paying for the wrestling and you're getting so much extra mm-hmm. for it. Like, and you're lowering the price. You're going to get these people that would never pay for it. You know, I'm going to pay $5 so that I get a decent stream, not a crappy stream. Like, oh, wait, and I can go watch catalogs? Am I off time? Like, you're going to have people do that and go back and use it to just learn about, like, I mean, earlier tonight, I talked about not knowing Great Muta. I mean, I can go probably look into one of these uh, catalogs and probably find some matches. Now. Oh, dude, his matches are on the network, WCW stuff. You can absolutely find it. And it's, you're, you have it already there. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's the way to compare it. That's the best way to put it. If 10 people looked at a $15 GCW show and three people decided to buy it, the other seven went, nah, it's too expensive. But if you said, okay, it's five bucks instead, you're going to have more than three people because those three are absolutely buying it. You might get five. You might get six. That's still two or three more. You might get all 10, but I'm, I'm being realistic here. You never know. You're still getting more. And then those people hang around. And yes, subscription services do prey a little bit on the idea of they've got you for this much a month. They hope you forget to cancel it. I get that. That's how these things operate. I have Disney Plus. I use it rarely. But I like it when I have it. But I still spend 10 bucks a month on it. <laughs> even if I don't watch anything that month. That's how these things work. Let's be honest. 5 bucks a month for GCW. There was a match between Gresham and Speedball Mike Bailey. About 3 or 4 weeks ago. That I wanted to check out. But I didn't want to spend 20 bucks on the full event. Well now if I spend 5 bucks, I can watch the new ones. And go back and watch that match. Well hell yeah. <laughs> Worth it already. And then I'll watch whatever new ones come up. And yeah, it's... Yeah, sponsor us. We're selling this stuff for you guys. Fight Plus, go for it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's a great thing. I think it's a, a cool, cool service. It is the way things are changing, like you said, Red. That is definitely the way to go. It's kind of funny how it took, what? How long has the network been around? Has it been eight years? Ten years? What are we looking at for when the network started? Was it 2014? It's been a while. We're coming up on ten, right? Because I think it was supposed to be like 2013... Then it got delayed from 14 into 15 or something. And, like, it was the first takeover was around WrestleMania. Oh, was it 30? It was February 2014. 2014, yeah. So we're at the eight-year mark. nine, Almost nine years. So, yeah. And here we are with companies now. Like, Fight came out of nowhere and has been fantastic. And it is the way to go for that alternative. And you can also watch damn near whatever you want on it. It's cool. I like these options. I want to be able to watch AIW. Can you imagine when GMSG was at the AIW show, we could have also watched it on stream? I know. That I can happen to, now. I, <laughs> I tried to watch back to see if I was there, like visible, but all the old ones are back on IWTV still. So. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that. That's that's the nature of the beast. But I like it. I'm I'm all for this progress. This is a good thing. Not the company. They're cool too. They're on the network. But it's just some fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, as we hit the hour and a half mark, let's close this out with Crown Jewel. Now, much like we've done the last couple uh, episodes, by the time you're hearing this, Crown Jewel will probably have happened. 
I say probably because who the hell knows with Saudi Arabia right now? Because there's an intelligence uh, brief between basically the Americans and the Saudis that Iran might attack Saudi Arabia. And they're scheduled to have a show Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. The show itself looks fun. I think there's eight matches, which is bigger for a WWE card of late. Normally there's six, so... Uh, I'm not going to go through all the matches again. They all pretty much look fun. We've talked about Roman and Logan ad nauseum. Bailey and Bianca should be great as always. The women's tag will be good. Uh, uh, Usos and Brutes will be... That'll be crazy fun. But, like, they're not winning that. It's the Usos. They're, they're too oozy. But, like, the, the whole thing has this new overshadowing of will it even happen? And they're in Europe right now. Like, part, parts of the company are there. Other words are in Mexico. And I, I believe they're all there by now, or they're going to be. They could do an alternate arena for this somewhere else. Like, they're all in the same area. So this could be, like, a European show suddenly, or something else, or delay it a week, or something accordingly right accordingly right now it's gonna happen as planned obviously things can change if we've learned anything from wwe they can change things on a dime because they can say we're going to do wrestlemania at tampa field we're going to do it we're going to do it now it's in our warehouse taped tomorrow like they could do this they they have ways what do you think bear what's uh what's your thoughts on that because crown jewel cool car looks fun but holy crap, right? Yeah, it's pretty wild. I hope that everybody that's going over there is safe and whatnot. I don't really know a whole lot about what's going to happen over there because nobody knows with when you have hostile countries. But they said they're going to bring extra. Well, they say they're going to bring extra security and all that, and they're going to have extra people at the event and all that. So I hope it goes down smoothly, and uh, I'm really looking forward to Brock versus Bobby. So yes. That's going to be super good. I'm hyped for that one, definitely. GMSD, what about you? Oh, I was hyped for the show, like, after two weeks almost. Because, <laughs> like, just the first few matches they announced and what they were looking to build to. It's going to be fun. I mean, there's a lot of big guys fighting big guys at the show. So, I mean. Big, meaty men Butch slapping meat. <laughs> yeah. Butcher looks really tiny amongst the roster right now on the show. But that's awesome. That's been yeah. fun. <laughs> I think we're going to get our first women's change, too. The women's title. The tag titles. And they're going to go back. I, was, I don't know. I was thinking Bailey was going to win. and Because this was the fake out, right? They made you think Bailey's going to win. Because her, her girls lost the tag titles. But now they're going to rematch it? Nah, it's, it's all a ruse. We've been here with Toxic. I've seen this. Bailey's not winning. I'm, I'm convinced. It's still the Bianca show. But you're hyped for everything. Omos and Braun. Are you kidding me? They might break the ring. They might have to rebuild it halfway through the show. <laughs> and what's the gate for this? We saw something earlier. There's a huge gate for this one already, too. Oh, I have no idea, but uh, assuming it's in the stadium, it's like probably 50,000 seats or 40,000. Something like that. It's in Riyadh. So. I believe it's the same arena they did before, at least the last one that they did was there. And that was a crazy show with like the Seth and Edge, Hell in a Cell, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a crazy one. I know we still have another five years, five and a half years, whatever you want to call it, of contract with Saudi. It's just like, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it like it started what the second show they got kept on the tarmac or something that was sketchy. 
now you got potential like military attacks on the city you're in. Like it's starting to get to a point where it's like, is it worth it for your wrestlers? But I mean, I'm not the person to make that call. I I don't know the legality of it. Blah blah blah. Just to add to that, I mean, even in Europe, it's not safe to be for any you Americans. Like right now, any part of that world, anything can go wrong in a matter of ten minutes. But yeah. Oh, dude, my one of my friends from high school is living in Sweden. He moved there. He teaches English there. And he has a family there. And he is a quick bike ride away from the bridge that got blown up. <laughs> it's like, it's right there. And that's Sweden, which you wouldn't think of being a problem with, with all this kind of stuff. But, for, I mean, yeah, that's that part of the world. That's East Canadian, but it doesn't matter. It's rough. It's crazy. So, Yeah. I agree with Red. Is it worth it? No, it isn't. They had that before on the bases during Tribute for the Troops. A couple of them got medals because they were out there doing interviews and stuff, and there was an attack. And they got commendations for that because, hey, you did this in the line of, like, potential injury. It's like, okay, cool. What? <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah, I agree with you there, Red. It's... I don't think it's worth it. Absolutely not. It, 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 that That's the level of, like, the money versus the the... The safety. No, of course not. Like, yeah. Now, I'll say on the flip side, we're getting more evolution. I believe this is the first show with two female matches. I think so, yeah. So, that's a stepping stone. Like, I mean, we've only had, what, three matches over there, I think, total? Of women's matches? Now we're about to have two in one show? Like, that's pretty big compared to where, like in the past and what kind of country that it's in. Yeah, we had, oh. what, Natalia and Bailey, I want to say? Or was it... No, Natalia and Lacey. And then we mm -hmm. had the Chamber. And I want to say there was a Bianca match. This might be the fourth one, if I'm correct. Fourth and fifth now. I want to say Bianca had a match. Or there was a tag match or something. But the last one. I forget what it was. But yeah, you're on the right path, though, for sure. So, yeah, it's... Uh... It's still mind-blowing to see the evolution that we've had from having to make a WWE evolution so that females didn't feel left... I don't say left out, that might not be the right word, but being told, no, you're not going to get booked just because of where we're going, versus we have nothing for you. So instead, they made a whole pay-per-view from it so that female-only show. Now we're having two matches on it. Um, the rest of the card seems pretty fun. Uh, it seems bigger than past shows. I know that's kind of weird because the other ones seem big, but the other ones also seem a lot more, hey, remember these old guys? We're paying them lots of money for them to be here for you. This, I mean, other than Brock, I think the rest of them are kind of decently new. Yeah, there's no Goldberg this time, and there's no like special crazy stuff. Well, I mean, there's Logan Paul, but there's no Tyson Fury, you know what I mean? There's no Cain Velasquez. But we got Logan. All right, he kind of fits, but he's signed now. He's He's not just celebrity dude here for a match he's actually part of it so it's gonna be a fun show it's gonna be an early show that that's it's gonna be a fun show yeah 11 o'clock a.m i do believe it is or that's our deadline for the fpl which is again frontline league on twitter do check that out as well yeah i'm hyped for it it looks like a lot of fun i know there's always the issues with saudi arabia i i get that i'm not dis disputing any of that if people don't want to watch it i understand that i have no argument with any of that by all means and I know money talks because Carl Anderson apparently wants another pool because <laughs> he's working that show instead of Japan. And he said he'd never do it again. And here he is. He's booked for it, at least as of right now. Who knows what happens? Maybe he's not. Maybe that's the whole storyline. 
he's not actually going to do it and he will be in Japan after all because he's like I'm not going to Saudi right like I'd kind of love that if they did that that'd be funny Red you'll like this we had a trios match during the Mexico house shows because part of the roster was there over the past weekend and it was Rhea Ripley actually teaming in the matches against AJ and the Good Brothers Rhea was actually in the match like as part of the team so do that and do that do intergender matching in Saudi let's go let's have Rhea do it that'd be fun right yeah it kind of feels like where it's heading to like it feels I know it's not going to be at Saudi but oh, she body slammed uh, Gallows come on let's go let's do yeah, it like it, yeah, it yeah. feels like it's going to lead into an intergender match or at least some, uh, some kind of conflict some form where there's going to be her involved in the match like yeah at this point it kind of feels like it's leading to that it's going to be a big deal when it happens because I know we've had some females in Royal Rumbles and we've had some sort of like females in matches, but I feel like Rhea Ripley can hold her own and she will go female and male in the same match like against each other, not, oh, a female tagged in so the other female has to come in. Yeah, no, she was credible when she body slammed Doc Gallows <laughs> on the outside of the ring. Like, everyone was like, oh my God, that's awesome. So, yeah. But, but like you're saying, we've come a long way from Evolution to separate pay-per-view, whatever the reasons were behind that. We've come such a long way from the first Saudi show, which was Greatest Royal Rumble, where they aired a promo for Evolution, I think it was. Or maybe this is a women's match on Raw. And they had to apologize to the Saudi audience for that. We've come so far from that to now instead having women on the billboards, which they've done, and on the arena signs, and actually having matches. Like, we have come a long, long way in five years? Four years? I forget how long it's been. Set 2017, even, I think. So that's crazy. Even the ring gear representation has changed drastically. Yes. They've got their own custom outfits now. Sasha Banks had like, an awesome outfit. Instead of just, you know, black bodysuit with a t-shirt, they're actually doing gear to kind of work with it, too. No, it's, it's a matter of time. And it's, it's different cultures and different stuff. And we say this every time, and it is what it is, but... The, the more that someone does break down those barriers, the better it is overall. So, yeah, cool. I'm all for it. I think that's a good way to kind of end things there with positivity instead of talking about craziness with stupid AEW and I'm sure we'll hear CT barging into the next one about how much he hated the Shibata match and whatever and that'll be lots of fun for next time. I already have it written down to follow up on that and we'll get to that next time. But I guess we'll leave it there, guys. We'll call it call it a show. And wrap things up. So again, this is Top of the Card, Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. It is available wherever you get your podcasts, on Google, on Apple, iTunes, on Spotify, on all that fun stuff. It's also with a Discord for Frontline Prediction League. That is Frontline League on Twitter and Frontline Prediction League over on YouTube. Go through that to our Discord. They're both shared on the same one. You can see our live event chat where people were very, very happy about Shibata and also not. And it was a lot of fun. And that stuff we were reading was happening live. You can be part of that as well as part of our prediction league and actually put in picks for Crown Jewel. Probably happened by now, but you can look toward full gear and stuff in the future and read all of our archives as well on our network. It's in the results area. Please check all that stuff out. We put a lot of work into it. Like, favorite, share, all that fun stuff. But again, for the guys, this is Top of the Card. Have a good night. And how about you, Beer Me? I'm... Uh, uh, well... <laughs> Let's see. Try, try that again. <laughs> yeah, about died right there. And I'll go to GMSG now to follow up on all that fun stuff. Stepped away. No! No!